what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 52, volume 3 of a special Halloween edition of Big Fan. <laughs> I'm Chad East and I'm a big fan of blowing the beautiful fresh fallen autumn leaves directly into my neighbor's yard. <laughs> Pumpkin spice donuts <laughs> and stealing my girl's Halloween candy the day after trick-or-treating. <laughs> my name is Hank Eimer, and I'm a big fan of early morning skate sessions with my boy on the new city walk, World Series baseball that lives up to the hype, and giving my 11-year-old dating advice. Whoa, sounds like we must start with 11-year-old dating advice, dating advice from the playboy himself, Mr. Hank Eimer. Give me the situation, Hank, and tell me uh, what you suggested to your son. Please, sir. Well, you know, it's 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 really naive, obvious. I mean, <clears throat> innocent. You know, it's uh, it's funny because, you know, fifth, sixth grade. I remember this was about the time that I showed interest in girls. Girls, you know, would show interest in you. It's kind of where you, you know, you, out on a playground, you'd run from each other. You'd play tag. You, you know, you're showing that interest, and um, and I think there's just starting to be that how do you talk to a girl question that's starting to arise. And um, my, uh, the meat of my dating advice to him was you got to be friends with all the girls. You know, when you're on the playground, if you, if you're friends with everybody, it doesn't seem awkward because I think for uh, those little boys, it gets so awkward. I said, buddy, just be friends with all and everything will be fine. And, uh, but I think it's funny how he just, he, he, when he was talking to me after we were done and I gave like, you know, global, you know, like 10,000 foot view advice, just be nice to everybody, you know, just, you know, and after it, he was like, that was a, that was good talk. I appreciate that. Is there, and not to embarrass your son or humiliate him because I know he listens to our podcast. So let's don't say any names. But is there a particular girl in mind that you know he's interested in on the dating scene out there? Well, I, no, I I think um, there's just little you know little girls out there that uh, starting to you know that they're starting to play that game of I like you, you like me, and it's just starting to become a different world. So it's just funny to me because I you know you probably remember it as well. Fifth, sixth grade, right in there. That's about the time that you you start you start to notice people, and uh, I think that that's what what. And so it was really innocent, and I think uh, you know my advice was him is just you know just 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 be a friend to everybody, and you, it'll all play out. You know, what I mean, just be good to everybody. And uh, but it was funny uh, because uh, <laughs> it was right after we were laying in bed. He read his book, he said his prayers, and he was like. Dad, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And he was like, I don't, I don't know, you know, what to do on the playground with other girls. And I was like, well, you just be friends with everybody. So, uh, it was really funny. And uh, I thought it was uh, worth 
adding to the start of our show. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and what great advice, too. You know, Chet, you know, Chet, I, I, I know you raised two girls and, you know, that advice that you said is just being nice to everybody's kind of global with boys and girls. But I think it's funny because our generation, you know, I think the difference is in dating with little boys and little girls is they have the Internet. They have, a, you know, a, a device that they can text to one another. And I told I did tell Harris this. I said, if you can't talk to a girl face to face because he'll have, you know, somebody will text him on his little iPad or and it'll be somebody from his class because they all have each other's, you know, email ever and it'll be a girl and i tell him if you cannot look her in her eyes and have a conversation with her you don't deserve to text her like you know like if it's a girlfriend boyfriend thing mm-hmm. uh so he uh he uh, i i kind of live by that advice because i do feel like some of these younger these younger kids hide behind their devices and they don't learn because i remember and i know you do too sitting down at the center being nervous as heck hands sweating sitting sitting on a at a chair at a table trying to figure out what I'm going to say to a girl that I know likes me and I still can't talk to her. So, you know, I think that that's probably the rule, but I don't know if uh, you had that same advice for your girls. Well, my advice to my girls is yeah, no one is we we don't communicate with uh members of the opposite sex at all right now. You know, it's just completely off limits, zero interaction. <laughs> it's kind of funny like uh you know, Lucy Rose is in sixth grade, and right now she's saying boys are still like, ugh, you know, like, because there's a big Halloween party. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, there's going to be boys there, and they might ask you to dance or something. She was like, no, this is no boys allowed at this Halloween party, you know. So oh. anyway, it's it's interesting. I'm sure things are like that will change very, very soon, because I can remember in sixth grade, sixth grade, I guess, was the, you know, you had little boyfriend and girlfriend, little relationships in elementary school, but it wasn't, you know. You would just pass a note like, will you go with me? Check the box. Yes, no, maybe that kind of stuff. But sixth grade, it gets a little bit more serious, I guess, because, you know, you're not in elementary school anymore. Sixth grade, I wasn't going on dates or anything, but you would see the little girl walking to your next class and you would pass a note or do that, all that stuff. Well, as we talked about on this podcast many, many times, I was very shy. I'm talking about the shyest dude in the world. And this little girl really liked me. And so she would pass all these notes to me all the time asking, you know, hey, would you want to meet me at the movies? Would you want to go up to Godfather's Pizza, you know, the pizza joint at the movie theater? And I would say, no, no, no. Well, finally, one of my friends ended up going, meeting them, meeting his new girlfriend who was her friend at the movies. So I went, right? And basically, like it was my friend and her girlfriend sitting beside each other. And then it was her and then a blank space. I left a spot in between us. And I, and I sat over there. I didn't even sit beside I <laughs> man. It's crazy to think about this. But so this little uh, rendezvous kind of happened a couple more times in the, toward the latter part of the year. I'll never forget it, man. I can remember it like it was yesterday. We're at the center. There was a college park in Grandview Dance. And so we all, like, you know, both schools were there. We were in this corner. And it was, you know how the corner where they used to have the, the parties and the stuff, it would be dark over there in the corners, you know? You oh, had, yeah, it's a dark the, corner. Yeah, the little floor where the lights were, where you could dance and stuff, and then you could play the video games up the, in the main part. But in the corners, it was just pitch black. I remember sitting there still, you know, I had never held this little girl's hand. I had I had no contact just with this little girl. We were supposed to be boyfriend and girlfriend for three months. No contact whatsoever. 
I wouldn't even sit beside her in the movie saying. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we're all this little circle with some other friends, and I noticed all the boys had their arm around the girls, you know, just like on their shoulders, had their arm around them. And so I don't know how I mustered up the nerve, dude. I have to this day, I still do not have a recollection of how I got the nerve up, but I remember doing that yawn technique, you know. Oh, yeah, the yawn uh, techniques worked for years. Yes, and my hand just ended up on her shoulder, and I'll never forget my buddy was standing next to me on my left side, and he kind of knocked my knee like, yeah, man, way to go, way to go, good move. Oh, it's classic. I would never forget it. But anyway, yeah, that's oh, what yeah. kids are going through right now, the old yawn technique. Yep, yeah. Hey, I, listen, I remember, I remember just like you, those dances were important. Yeah. were important in our maturity of what was a supposed maturity back More in those immaturity <laughs> immaturity and yeah. i remember that you're exactly right you used to get pushed you talk about peer pressure oh god you, i mean you'd go to the bathroom and you get swarmed by like 10 guys and they'd be like you going out with her why don't you kiss her why don't you you know why don't you put your arm around her why don't yeah. you hold her hand yeah. next thing you know you're in full out Peer pressure, sweat pouring, pouring down sweat, <laughs> thinking about, oh my gosh, what am I going to do when I go get in this chair in the corner with this girl? Am I going to grab her? Do I just grab her hand? Do I ask her if I can hold her hand? I mean, just the questions that are racing through a twelve-year-old's mind is, is baffling, crazy. Hey, hey, and you know what else is crazy is you turn into a time genie because you start thinking at the beginning of the thing, you're like, I'm here for three hours. I don't have to do anything right now. Then it gets to be halfway through and you're like, I'm still good. I'm still good. 15 minutes before your mom and dad show up, you're like, I can't do it now because it's a fast song. I got to wait for a slow song. Then all of a sudden you got like five minutes till your mom's there. And then next thing you know, you see your mom headed down the stairs and you like try to rush a kiss or something. Man, it's awful. Dude, that, oh, I had forgotten all about the timing. Yes, you work out the time. You organize the time of the dance too. Because just like you said, I can remember it, Hank. I mean, you, it's a picture you painted perfectly. You're really cool at the beginning. But as the time gets pushed for mom and dad picking you up, you start sweating bullets like, I got to get this done. I've got to go grab her hand. I have got to do this. Oh, my this God. Is the last, this is the last dance of the year. I'm not going to be put in this position again. It's got to happen tonight. Oh, God. This is so wonderful. So wonderful. You know what I mean? So so I think the funny thing is, is Time Genie back in sixth grade can pull us to Time Genie that sponsors this show. Wonderful. What did you think? That's segue. Wonderful mm-hmm. segue, Hank. Brilliant. A bit, a bit, bit more about time genies, please. All right. Well, time genies. When we're at that party trying to figure out what a good time to hold a little girl's hand or don't. We're trying to negotiate our timing. Time Genie is actually a company here in Catawba County that helps you save time for either personally or your business. So what they will do is they will be a personal concierge errand service for you. If you'd like to learn more about that, you can just go to www.time-genies.com and they will help you take care of all the things that are bogging you down. So uh, real important to go there. Check out what they do. It's a great service with great people. Wonderful, Hank. And if we only had that Time Genies website back in 1983 when we were at the center in that dark corner negotiating in our mind, how are we going to get this hold this hand-holding done. If only we had you time. Grab, 
they would grabbed your hand and made you grab the girl's hand. You only got 15 minutes, Chad. That's right. That's so right. Thank you, Time Genie. Thank you, Time Genie. You are awesome. Um, Hank, you know, at the beginning, I said this was a Halloween show and not a Valentine's Day edition of Big Fan. So let's move away from the dances and the love. And let's go to some stuff that's really prominent right here as we're nine days away from Halloween, Hank. Nine days away, buddy. So we've talked about it before. You're a big fan of Halloween? Yes or no? I like Halloween. I like Halloween. I'm not that big of a fan, but my wife is the number one fan of Halloween of all across all the land. And so, uh, you know, our house is decorated. We got spiders. I told you, like, if you walk in this one hallway, if you make a noise, a spider drops from the ceiling on your head, scares the heck out of me every time. But let's walk down memory lane a little bit more Halloween related, if you will, Hank. And let's talk about our most memorable Halloween experience. It could be trick or treating, you know, with the neighborhood kids or that party you went to. In Chapel Hill on Halloween, your sophomore year in college. Tell me your most memorable Halloween experience, please. So I've got two. Okay, I've got my the best Halloween experience and the worst Halloween experience. Okay. One was you nailed on the head. When I was a sophomore at yep. Elon University, we traveled to Big Chapel Hill in Franklin Street yep. on Halloween. And it was spectacular. It respect, you know, because <clears throat> I'm going from a small school to a big school and it was like they won the national championship. I mean, Franklin Street was covered in people and we had, let me just say, we had a grand time. It was, I think it was even, it fell on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And so we weren't worried about class. We weren't worried about, and I believe we got back to campus about 4 a.m. And it was a spectacular evening. I felt horrible the next day, but I can tell you what, I made my mark on Franklin Street. Well, that's wonderful, Hank, because I had the complete opposite experience on Franklin Street. So my worst experience Halloween ever took place the exact, not the exact year, but it was my freshman year, Franklin Street, Chapel Hill, right? So I went to NC State. So a bunch of us piled into a car and we like, Last minute, it was raining and it was cold, right? Well, this one of my sweet mates, we didn't have anything to dress up as, and his girlfriend was over. She brought four dresses. So they were like, he was like, we'll dress up like the, uh, what do you call it, uh, Palmer. You know, might as well face it, Joe, addicted to love. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had all those girls in the band. They had the slick back hair and those real tight dresses. So we dressed up like the girls and his girlfriend dressed up like Robert Palmer or the singer. We right. pile in freezing cold, you know, we, last minute we get to the place we're supposed to go. It's pouring rain. We're in these dresses. We don't have any booze. We got zero booze, right? I mean, come no. on. It's this terrible cold. move. Terrible. We end up going to a fraternity party of one of their buddies who was pledging. So he's doing all the pledge stuff that you got to do. You can only imagine the pledge task he has to do on a Halloween. And so we just sitting in this room, maybe find a warm beer here or there, you know, just terrible. I took my jacket off in the, at the house and put it in a corner Had my wallet, had my keys, all my state identification. Cause think about this. We're brand new to school. We've only been in school since September. So I'm two months new at school, put my jacket there. We go walking around trying to find more beer, at the fraternity house, come back 15 minutes later. My jacket has been stolen. 
stolen. Anyway, so we stayed there for about two hours, got back in the car, didn't talk to each other on the way home. It was a terrible Halloween experience, Hank. Sounds like an awful Halloween experience. I'm glad I did not have that experience when I was on Franklin Street. I will my worst experience, though, when I was about, I think I was about 10, okay, and I was Jason. I had the Jason mask on, had the machete, right? And I was going down the street, my street that I lived on. And it was just me and this other little boy. And this goes to tell you what, you know, how our parents used to let us go off. It was dark as heck. It was just two kids under 10, just walking down the street, just doing our thing. Well, we go up to this house, we get our candy. We walk, we're walking back to the street. We're like, dee, 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 this is good. I'll have this candy. Next thing you know, a van comes up and slams on the brakes and a guy jumps out of the van and he grabs my bag of candy. Wasn't oh, are you serious? Grabs my, bag, grabs my bag of candy, which was in a grocery bag. He jerks it. It pulls me to the ground, right? Pulls me to the ground. I get all scraped up and it pulls off. Well, I'm crying. I walk back to my house. Where's my your dad. Partner? Where's your buddy? Is he? Oh, he, he was standing right beside it watching it happen. I mean, he wasn't jumping in. He wasn't going to fight back. He wasn't going to try to save your life or your candy's no. life. No, 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 no. And he wasn't willing to share his after the event happened. Either. Oh, and we we end up going home. My dad calls the police. So we pile in a police car and we go to the first thing the police does is says, how old were they? And I was like, they've got to be in high school. So he goes to the back. He goes exactly where every high schooler would have been. Where would it have been on Halloween Eve if they wanted to see their buddies? Uh, McDonald's. McDonald's, right? Right. So they we go to McDonald's, and what is in McDonald's? There is a huge van sitting there. So cop pulls up, cop pulls up, starts talking to the person in the van, right? The person had a mask on when they stole my candy, so I didn't know who it was. Well, the person he's talking to, I know pretty well. It's just a, <laughs> it's a family friend, okay? So he looks in the back of the cop car and he realizes it's me. The kid does. The kid does. Starts laughing and looking in the car. And the cop just about arrests him because he was, you know, he thought he was like intimidating us. So he gets all their names. He sends them on their way. He goes back to my my house, talks to my dad. He was like, what do you want to do? Do you want to press charges? My dad was like, no, I'm not going to press charges. But I want all those kids' parents at my house tonight at midnight. Whoa. He wanted it to be uncomfortable. So all these parents were at my house at midnight with their kids. The rest of my, so for the rest of that year, they were all seniors that year. The rest of my year, they drove me home from the center whenever I needed a ride. They bought me drinks. They bought me candy. It was, I mean, they, they were scared to death and their parents were furious that they get out of bed and go over to my house to apologize to a 10 year old. Unbelievable. So the question that's on everybody's mind, did you get your candy back? That was stolen that Halloween Eve that night. No, they, they ate it. Oh, you're they kidding me. No, I didn't get any candy that Halloween. Worst Halloween ever. That sounds terrible. Did the dude know that it was you that he had robbed the candy from me? Did he have any idea it was actually you? Or he just thought it was a random kid. When he jumped out of the van, he thought it was a random kid. But when he saw us at McDonald's, he saw me in the back of the car and he knew, I mean, he knew me, he knows me. 
And so, you know, he thought it was funny that he could, you know, he's like, I'll, I'll be able to smooth this over. It's, it's Hank. I know Hank and the cop, my dad were not letting that happen. Oh, that's a great story, man. How scary too, to a 10 year old kid walking with your buddy on the street in a van out of nowhere. And somebody jumps out and grabs your sack of candy. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. These, these guys were seniors and like athletes. They were big guys. And that, when he jerked that, because it was wrapped around, imagine a grocery bag wrapped around your wrist, right? When he grabbed it and pulled it, he threw me probably 10 feet. Uh, you know, like spun me around and threw me like 10 feet. Yeah. I, I, when I got up, I thought I got my butt kicked. <laughs> Dude, that, yeah, that sounds like a freaking movie right there. The start to a really scary movie. Anyway, Hank, I'm glad you made it through that ordeal. I appreciate uh, that, it. Terrifying. That leads me to my next question real quick too. So Hank, you know, I surveyed a couple of kids in our, or people in our neighborhood and some friends on this next question. It's more of a family feud, Halloween generated question, if you will. Here's the topic, and I want to hear your top four answers here, and I'll let you know where they fall into the uh, survey. Hang on. Let me look it up real quick. Hang tight. All right, Hank. So name a Halloween prank that teenagers pull off on Halloween, right? The Knights of Halloween. Give me the top four prank that teenagers pull off on Halloween. What would you Rolling think? Rolling a house. What? Rolling a house. Bing, 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 bing. The number one answer is toilet papering or rolling a house. Now, did you ever partake in this uh, this uh, adventure in high school when on a Halloween, or did you just do it on other random times? Because I know y'all toilet paper somebody's house before. We have toilet paper to house, but it was not on Halloween. Um, you know, after I got my butt kicked that one day, I, I stayed away from the pranks on Halloween, but um, I did partake in a uh in a teeping of a house every once in a while yes me too always fun my favorite teeping of a house we uh <laughs> one of our buddies uh this girl just broke up with him and so he to get revenge on her he that's what we did we went to go roll her house well we're rolling her house and she is sitting in the window like curling her hair and like I get tears playing this day, and I'm not partaking in the rolling. I'm sitting in the car, and he is throwing toilet paper all in this, all in her trees in her yard, and she is sitting in the window staring at. I mean, like because he thinks he's being inconspicuous, like nobody can see me, nobody can see me, and she is sitting right in the window. Alert. That's ridiculous. Alert. That's ridiculous. Hey, tell you about the best TPing I've seen in a long time. Within the year, within our the quarantine, we had a friend get TPed that lived cl- close to the street from us. Yeah. And the kids that did it did a terrible job. Okay, right. a terrible job. There were there were whole rolls of toilet paper just left out in the yard. Right. There's like twenty five rolls. So we're in the midst of the quarantine, right at the beginning, and our friend, Mister Jeff Osborne, decides. I'm out of toilet paper. I need to get, I need to salvage some of this stuff. So he goes out and he grabs all the salvageable paper that's out there. And really, I think he probably thanked those gentlemen that, that TP'd his house. Oh, that's hilarious. Saved him from having a trip to the grocery store, I guess. Um, it did. That is great. That is great. All right. Well, you've got number one. Give me another popular Halloween prank that teenagers pull off on that fine, fine evening. 
Saran wrap the house. Whoa. Saran wrap the house. Let's see if we've got it there, Clark. Uh, no saran wrapping house, Hank. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two more chances here, Hank. What's the another Halloween prank? Burn a bag of flaming dog poo. Dog poo on porch. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, it comes in at number four, Hank. The famous flaming dog poo. Have you ever tried to pull this prank off? I have not. I try to stay well away from poo. I do, too. That is a gross prank. Whoever created that disgusting prank, you know, what is wrong with them in the head? They've got some serious mental issues going on. You light up dog poo. That is gross. Gross, gross, <laughs> I say. All right, give me the next two, Hank. We've got number two answer and number three answer left. Egging a house. Let's see. Egging a house, Clark. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, egging comes in number three, Hank. Number three. Let me tell you a little egging story that happened about six Halloweens ago on my street. So a group of teenage kids, I never parked my car on the street, but for some reason I left it on all nights, Halloween night on the street instead of pulling all the way through the driveway. So about, I guess, about 2 o'clock in the morning, I just hear, like, it's like a machine gun going off. I go outside. There's – they must have thrown three dozen eggs on my car everywhere. Yep, egg yolk, dude. Egg yolk and shells all over my car, which I just had cleaned prior that day. Oh, that awful. No good. That is no good. Awful. Yes. That's awful. Yes. And – Number two, the number two answer, and you actually have two guesses left, so you can even, you know, miss one here if you need to. But let's see if you can get the number two answer, Hank. Oh, why can't I think of something else? Um, oh, I know one. I know it. I know it. It just came to me. Go for it. Uh, ringing the doorbell and running. Clark, let's see. Ring and run. Ding, 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 ding. Hank, yes. congratulations. You are a prankster at heart. You just nailed all four Halloween pranks, ringing doorbells and running away. You know, to be quite honest, that's the prank that never gets old. That is a fun prank. I would do that right now if I could. I love that prank. Um, oh, I love it, too. I think it's hilarious. In your high in high school. Oh, we used to do it all the time. And you know, the, Harris loves to do it right now when we're in staying in a hotel. He'll go down and knock on the door, then just take off running. Yeah, but you got to be around a corner. Yeah. See, so like knock and then get around a corner to get in your room. Yeah, we did it. I will never forget our senior year. We uh, we did this prank, and uh, nope. You know what? I take it back. We started at at lower level of ringing and running, and we quickly elevated to throwing eggs at cars. Then we went to rolls of pennies. And so it was about midnight, and uh, we threw a roll of pennies. We were hiding right at the uh, – when you pass the golf course on your left, you know that circle house that's right on that intersection? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were kind of staked out over there, and uh, some of us are on the left side of the road. Some of us are on the right side. And so as soon as the car would go, we hit them from both sides. <clears throat> well, we just happened to hit the wrong car. This dude, like – and so we're, we're laughing and running. Well, he comes and starts – so we're running – Towards the golf course, right? Towards the golf course. Well, he, I'm not saying he drove on the golf course, but it felt like, because we ran to the golf course, it felt like he put his car, that's how close he was, to follow us on the golf course to whip our butts. Because, I mean, we were throwing pennies. That is not I was cool. getting ready to say, do you not think you should have had your butt whooped? Absolutely. So we took off a couple people hid in bunkers, like the sand traps, 
uh, we finally like rendezvous. We all met back at Hunter's house. I guess it was about 45 minutes to an hour later, but that dude kept circling. I mean, he was looking for some teenage kids to strangle. And yes, we did deserve it. That hey, when you, when you got back to Hunter's, I bet those conversations were like, can you believe, can you believe that guy came after us? Can I think you- he had a gun. He probably had a gun, you know, <laughs> <laughs> making it so much uh, scarier than it really was. But anyway, for sure. Halloween pranks, always, always fun. And let's stay on this Halloween tip here, Hank. So let's go with best and worst Halloween candy you ever received while trick-or-treating. I've got mine right off the top of my head if you want me to start, and then I'll send it to you. Go right ahead, buddy. candy ever, and it wasn't even a candy. It was just such a sweet, sweet surprise, or maybe I won't call it a sweet surprise, maybe a beefy surprise, because it was one of those real long Slim Jims. You know, the biggest Slim Jims you can get? Oh, yeah. This fantastic neighbor bought like 200 big daddy Slim Jims, and that's what he passed out as his candy that year. And as everyone knows, I'm a huge Slim Jim fan. So, yeah, do you know, kind of made my day. Do you know why that gentleman did that? Why is that? He was hoping have very few kids come to his house and he'd be able to have that slim jim stash waiting for him and you know his wife was probably like jim why did you buy all these slim jims and you know he had to be like karen the kids love them oh they love karen well the kids yeah yeah but deep down inside he was hoping he was left with 150 slim jims so true so true so what's your favorite candy you remember getting well i you know i loved it when and my dad does this now I loved it when, and my parents hate it. And I think, I think that that's probably why they did it. I love it. My, you'd be going down the street and you'd get candy after candy after good candy. And then somebody would throw in a cold Coke and you'd go, let's just put sugar on sugar. And next thing you know, you've got a Coke putting down some nerds, doing a pixie stick and you're on a Sugar high that will last for years. And let's be let's be be perfectly clear here too, man. The cold, refreshing Coke after you trekked about three miles with your suit on, you know your costume, you get a little parched. That Coke just tastes so perfect as it goes down, mixed with the nerds and the milk duds. However, if you go to the house that they're giving out the warm RC cola, no, 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 we don't need warm RC cola. We need cold Coke. Gentlemen. That's exactly right. We need cold Coke. Okay. All right. How about uh, worst Halloween candy, Hank? Uh, it, it, I don't know why uh, the topic of the, the hour is pennies, but uh, one of our neighbors gave bags of pennies. Uh, I would say it was probably my third grade year. So like, and not just like, not a, like a dollar of pennies, like a roll of pennies that you could actually spend, you know, you could use that dollar to buy candy later on, but like bags of like six pennies. And then, you know, my brother got a bag of like three pennies random pennies in plastic bags. That sounds awful. Halloween ever. I'll tell you the the two worst that I always, I got a toothbrush one time, which was awful. (laughs) And it came from a dentist and you know, I couldn't believe like it it was in his yard before I got out of his yard. I bet bet he had several uh, toothbrushes in his yard that night. Yep. Harris, Harris last year got a puzzle. Like it was like a four piece kid puzzle. And he's like, what's this? I was like, I don't know. That's a terrible gift is what that is. 
But probably the one, like, I don't think they even get this in kid sizes anymore. But you remember you'd go to some old person in your neighborhood and they just have a, the light on until about like 614. You know, that, that's the only time. So, you know, you had to hit that house early, but you were there thinking that they'd give you good candy. And next thing you know, they're handing you black licorice. <laughs> and you're like, this, this is okay. This is going to my dad. Right. Yes. You know, yeah, you'd have we're, 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 the separate stashes, like here's the candy that we'll give to mom and dad because this stuff sucks and we'll keep the good stuff. And so, yeah, you, you give all that bad stuff to mom and dad for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, the black licorice comes in like some pack that doesn't have any writing on it. Yes. It's like, where was this packaged? Yes. You know, what in the heck? This is just like fraud candy. <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. The, the packaging is very generic too. I don't even think there's any labels on it. It's just a yeah, plain pack with uh, no branding, nothing on it. So yeah, it's kind of scary to eat. Who knows who would wrap that thing up? Somebody maybe in the 1940s. It's like they, they used a candle to melt the edge of the packaging to close it. Exactly, exactly. How about you? Oh, I, I gave you my pennies. That was my worst. But oh, that's, that's the funny worst, thing. Yeah. You know, like when did you, let's go back down memory lane real quick too. When would you start your trick-or-treating adventure? Like typically, this is what I remember. As you got older, you know, let's say you're in elementary school, you want to, as soon as you get out of school, you want to do it, but you kind of got to wait till the sun goes a little bit down. You know what I'm saying? We're older now, our costumes, we want it to be a little bit dark outside before we go. So, you know, we'd start our adventure about 6.30. What's funny is because, you know, our house is located in uh, Halloween heaven over here near 6th Street. So the little kids, so the parents with the real little kids to try to beat the traffic, you know, they want to get their kids out there before all the ghouls and goblins come out at night. They'll have those kids, This we're talking about little toddlers, dressed up like a flamingo in this real fuzzy flamingo outfit or like a buffalo. You know, they're dressed up like a buffalo, sweating these poor little kids. The sun is the hottest part of the day. They're out at 3.30 in the afternoon, Hank. 3.30 in the afternoon, the kids got sunburned. They're sweating in this <laughs> buffalo costume because the parents gotta get the trick or treating in for these little kid, little children before the you know the big trick or treating starts. Did you ever start trick or treating at three thirty? No, no. I, I and I protest that. I think it should be an event like now with Harris. You know, Harris is starting to get to the age where you know he may only do it a couple more years. But when we started doing it with him, it gets dark enough early that you know you have chili yeah. or have pizza or something like that before you go out. And so you get that pizza, you eat, then, you know, you pour something in your cup and you tell them to go and you just walk behind them. And you're like, all right, go down this street, turn back around, come back to me. You don't have to. Now the good thing is, is that, you know, at 11, you don't even have to follow them. You're like, all right, you head down that street, come back the other side. I'll meet you at the stop sign. Yeah, I'll, I'll be at the neighbor's house in the back drinking a beer, watching the football game. Just come on back over in about an hour and a half. Just come on back over. <laughs> but, you know, it's a – yeah, I'm a – I think the tradition of being in the dark is far better. Um, you know, and if you're in a neighborhood where you're not going to have much traffic, awesome. But 6th Street, you know, there's people trying to drive down that thing. There's oh, kids. Yeah, dude lose somebody yeah well no uh six street halloween this year we talked about this on the last last podcast so did you guys decide you're going to stay in your neighborhood kind of just a few neighbors social distance maybe get out some candy collect some candy but no big to do this year with covid covid takes another damn tradition from uh the american public 
this. Yep, it does. So we'll probably we'll we'll stay right around. And but you know the crazy thing is is Halloween's on on a Saturday. I know, man. I mean, this is the perfect. The weekend Halloweens are not just fun for the kids; they're fun for the adults too. You know, I mean, sure, we're missing out on a fantastic opportunity here. But anyway, I'm sure we'll make the most of it, and I uh, hope everyone has a safe. Uh, safe Halloween out there. Remember, if you are going to trick or treat, just do your social distance. You're going to have your costume masks on anyway, so you will be protected. But uh, just be wary of uh, of this terrible COVID virus that's still out there haunting us every day. Hank, this thing sucks. Uh, how do you like you like that haunting us? Woo. Yeah, that was good. The boy is quick. Yes, yes, it was good. Well, what else you got on your list, buddy? Anything else we want to talk about today? I know we got some World Series baseball going on. Uh, I've got one. I got. I got a beef. Oh, I got a re- start there. Okay, so I am in need of a new iPad, a device, right? So I, like many other Apple users, have a lightning charger in every corner of my house, right? Lightning charger, lightning charger. You got a million of them around, right? I get my new iPad yesterday. It has a new connection, a brand new, brand new connection. You know why this is? Because they know I'm going to buy 12 of those connections for my car, for my house, for everything else. I'm not saying they're not smart, but I'm saying that's some crap because they know, you you know, the next phone you're going to get, it's going to have that same charger. And now it's already come out. My girls were telling me about it. Uh, yesterday or two nights ago. So they are disguising this ploy as being environmentally conscious. They are saying, hey, we don't need to send cords or earbuds or anything more because it just takes up more space. Now we can make the boxes smaller because there's less things that we're putting in the box. And so they're saying, we're doing the earth a favor by not giving you this connector and all this stuff. But in the end, just like you said, we're going to have to go buy this thing another 45 bucks right into Big Brother Apple's pockets. Right I say the- revolution. I say revolution, Hank. Okay. Okay. I don't think it's going to do very much, but I will tell you, I cannot sit here and say I will not buy another Apple product. I can't say it, but I am not happy with that. And I don't know if it's because it's genius marketing because they know they're going to get their people to do it because people are going to say, what am I not going to buy the $12 cord? What am I not going to buy that? You know, well, so I'm not doing that, but it is just going to put them in a position where they got you. They always got us. Hank. They always got us. Speaking of, I haven't told my girls this yet, but I'm actually going to break the, the news to them tonight. So Lucy Rose does not have a phone. She's in sixth grade and Olivia has a phone. I think an iPhone two, maybe. I mean, it is, one of the first ones ever created. We're getting no new phones this weekend for everybody. So I guess I'll have to buy about 14 more cords too, as we get these phones. So anyway, do you, does Harris have a phone yet? No, no. Yes. No. What is your no, I think, phone age wise? When do you, when is he going to get one? 13 maybe. I don't know. I, you know, it's convenient when you've got them, you know, running here and running there and they've got to call you to tell you, Hey, I need to be picked up or I'm going to go to, over to JB's or I'm going to do whatever. But the thing that scares me is the peripheral stuff on a phone, mm-hmm. the you know the apps that they have access to and stuff like that. So I just am not ready to yeah. 
to put that that in his hands. Yeah. Our rule was when we get to sixth grade, as long as you can show some responsibility and we use it for a tool that just like you're saying that, hey, dad, I'm going over here with uh, Samantha or I'll be at soccer practice. Come pick me up at 630. That's cool. And Olivia was very, very responsible. And so hopefully Lucy Rose will follow in her footsteps and be very responsible but on it. But, you know, these things, these apps now that I mean, these little seventh graders are doing these. I guess these TikTok dances, I mean, they'll spend six to seven hours straight doing these little dances, you know? Wow. Yeah. Very time. And you don't, you don't know who's watching them. I know. I know. That's you know, and I mean, that's the scary thing is like, you know, for girls and boys, you don't know who's out there preying on them. So, you know, the easy, the, the hard thing as a parent to do is to keep the phone out of their hands. The easy thing to do to protect them is to keep it out of their hands. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it's just, you know, it's it, every parent's different. I'm not judging if you gave your kid a phone at second grade. I, I wouldn't judge you on it, but you got to feel comfortable with what you're doing. So that's kind of what my plan is. Agreed. Agreed. Very good, bud. Well, um, <clears throat> tell me about something else and then we'll wrap up this show. So you got you're a big baseball fan World Series going on. You have a, a lock on who might uh, win this thing right now. It's tied 1-1. I watched last night's game. Man, that Tampa Bay pitcher Snell was something else. He kind of cooled those Dodgers bats off. Can they continue it, or will the Dodgers bats get hot again and just roll right through the series? Well, it's it's going to be. First of all, I'm upset that the Braves aren't there. Man, they they put it so close. That base running error, two base running errors in the game that caused this. You know them not to be in it, and um, you know you're going to have those errors, but those are laps of judgment from those major league players that um, cost them a spot in the World Series. And, you know, it's it's interesting to watch them make those decisions because, you know, a lot of times I see my 11- and 12-year-olds making the same decisions and you can't fault them because they're watching their idols do it. Um, I think, I've, you know, I've always said good pitching beats good def- – I mean, hitting any day. Mm. And Tampa Bay has some really good pitching. And tonight are two of the top pitchers – on either team, um, you know, Bueller for LA has just over a like one point something ERA, and uh, Morgan, the other guy, has like a point five a eight ERA. He's probably got the best curveball in all Major League Baseball. Bueller's probably got the best fastball in all Major League Baseball. So it's going to be a fifty fifty game or a forty nine, you know, fifty one game. I'll give it to Tampa Bay's pitcher just because he's nasty mm-hmm. tonight. But I think this series goes to game seven. Yes. And it comes out to Snell, Morgan, uh, these guys that are starting pitchers. Yeah. Put in a, in a position that um, Madison Bumgarner did a couple of years ago and just say, give me the ball. I don't care if I threw yesterday. Give me the ball and uh, let's win a World Series. So I think it's going to go down to a game seven. And um, I, I think, like I said, good. If those pitchers are able to come back and throw, I think they beat the Dodgers. Yeah, it's been. I've actually enjoyed watching it. This is the lowest rated. I heard this today. Lowest rated World Series television viewers of all time, though. This one is. So anyway, it's hard to believe. Yeah, I figure you know nobody. There's nothing else really to watch. You know, people are in their homes watching baseball. But anyway, tell me about a little bit about your last. You got your last weekend of baseball for the season, right? Y'all are going to. Uh, a tournament and then it's a wrap. Is that right? It's a wrap. Yeah. We're, we're going to Asheville tomorrow or on Saturday. And we, uh, we like to be at our games about an hour early so we can hit a little bit, you know, 
can just get loose and get everybody there. And we are playing in Asheville at 8 a.m. So we're going to have to be in Asheville at 7 a.m. Mm. Leaving Hickory at 6 a.m. Yeah, we're going to be leaving Hickory at 5.45 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a long, long day. Uh, then we have one at 10, and then we'll play on Sunday. But, you know, it's it's kind of funny to watch these kids, these 11-year-olds. They In our envir- in environment and climate and in youth sports, <clears throat> you have this tendency for parents to push their kids to specialize and to be, you know, to do it every day work hard and everything kids need breaks and you can see it you can see it on our kids and they they love it they still you know they want to be there they love it they want to do it but i'm looking forward for a break for them Mm -hmm. because you know they need weeks months of being kids and fishing and you know hunting riding bikes doing whatever and so this is going to be kind of a nice you know weekend to end it but i mean we're all looking for, I mean, I think it's important that you have those breaks and that's why not having basketball or not having another sport to go into in the winter is going to be tough for a lot of these kids because they won't have something else to do. And, you know, we're, I, I talk about it all the time with some of our friends is we're the lucky ones because we have the ability to be part of a travel program where there's tons of kids in Harris's class and Lucy Rose's class that, only rely on rec sports and don't have the, that option. So this year they've gone without playing at all. And what have they done instead? They may have been in front of their TV. They may have been on Xbox. They may, you know, they may have been doing bad stuff, getting in trouble. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Another COVID strikes again. I was thinking when, you know, when I heard of all about the wreck and everything closing down, no events, no sports for the kids. So think about, you know, this is, hard to think about but you know we've been we're coaches right we've been coaching our kids and other kids basically since they were four years old i've coached basketball since olivia was was five years old was she's almost 16 she's 15 so 10 straight seasons and now all of a sudden there's zero basketball how weird not just for the kids but for the parents the coaches it's it's gonna be a weird winter dude no hoops no that is weird but uh yeah Anyway, we'll get through it just like we got through all the rest of this mess. But you know, speaking of how about you, we got an election. How about you this weekend? Uh, oh, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But you know, we've got an election in two weeks, so just add oh. to, <laughs> add to the mess of everything going on. But we'll get through that too. But this weekend, what do we have? We have two soccer games. I think they are one of them is at home, and maybe one's in Charlotte. Maybe both of them are at home. And then there's this big tennis tournament pro am thing that's. Uh, going to be taking place this weekend that Jennifer Jennifer is a part of and I'm going to probably come up there and watch her and support her and have some fun up there with Are her. you going out Friday night? I am. I'll be there Friday night for a little while messing around up there. How about you? You'll be there? I'm going to I'm going to play in the clinic on Friday night. Okay. So I, I'll see you there. You bring your tennis racket because I love hitting you with some tennis balls. Last night, you want to tell them what happened last night? Uh what happened last night, hey? Well, you dared to get on the court on the other side of me again and came out a loser. It's okay. Um, it's all right. You got. I got to let you win every now and then, Hank. You know, I can't win That's a hundred right. at the time. Maybe just 95, you know, 95%. But anyway, it was a fun – it was a heck of a match, too. That was a really, really good match. It was a good match. Yeah. Good. Well, anyway, buddy, well, that wraps up our special Halloween edition of Big Fan. Hank, uh, we're always uh, very happy and gracious to be a part of this wonderful network called The Mesh if you haven't checked out, checked out the Mesh Network recently, 
and you've only tuned into the big fan, well, man, you are missing out. There are so many other wonderful podcasts, a lot of humor, a lot of, a lot of education, a lot of movie critics, a lot of food. If whatever your passion is, check out the Mesh Network and pick out another podcast that you might like almost as much as you like Big Fan. We know it won't be as much as Big Fan because that is the number one podcast across the nation, Hank. But anyway, it might be something that you might be interested to in. So anyway, check it out, The Mesh. Check out Big Fan for previous episodes. My favorite episode of Big Fan ever was the one that uh, I guess was maybe about two seasons ago, Volume 2 or Volume 1, when I gave Hank all these really quick questions and he was motoring through it. And I hit him with about 16 in a row. It was fabulous. I think we talked about aliens for a while on that episode, too. So if you're interested <laughs> in aliens, go back to Volume 1, uh, maybe Episode 17, and learn all about them. But, Hank, until then, I want you to enjoy your Halloween. That's only nine days away. Enjoy your weekend in your last baseball tournament of the year. And I will look forward to seeing you Friday evening for some uh, tennis extravaganza. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. And to all our listeners, be safe out there. Peace. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.